You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban and writer at Mavs.com, and also Trade Machine Master. What you got for me, Isaac? That's a oh, Woj no. bomb. That's a Woj bomb. A Woj bomb? Stop it. It's Woj. <laughs> Uh, if anybody has met either of the Cooperstein's, so that's Chuck, Chuck Cooperstein or his son, Jeff Cooperstein, who is like our age, they say Waj instead of Woj. So (laughs) I don't know why I felt the need to say that, but (laughs) (laughs) they, they think it's Waj, but it's Woj. (laughs) It's just really funny to me. (laughs) And he said that to me, like they've, I think they've both said that to me (laughs) at some point. How How many national reporters? have said over the past three weeks, you know, everything I'm hearing right now is just, it's, it's going to be a quiet deadline. You know yeah, what I'm, just, what I'm hearing from my sources right now, it, they honestly, some of them did the Sean Hannity thing where they're like, we've reached out to our sources and our sources say that this isn't happening. This is a distraction. Teams are distracting people. There, this is going to be a quiet deadline. Everybody, all these names are getting brought up, but that's just a distraction. It's going to be a quiet deadline. And then like goes the commercial break, comes back. And it's like, you know, we've had a couple of sources reach out to us that, you know, maybe a big trade is going to happen. And maybe it was Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. But here's a car crash video. Like, <laughs> Here's my here's here's this is my favorite thing that happens after trades. Trade happens. And then you hear you see all these reporters and writers coming out saying, you know what? I'd heard grumblings. I'd heard grumblings for a week or so now. I'd heard grumblings for a week or so now about, you know, kind of the framework of this deal. But, you know, I just didn't know if it was true or not. But uh, it looked like it turned out to be true. I love that. How many people are coming out right now saying, you know, I've heard I've heard that they've been talking to them for about a week. You know, the Pistons and Clippers, they've been talking for about a week. So I'd heard that they've been doing that. Now it happens. And you know, it looks like it came to fruition. And, uh. So they say that, and you're not sure if they're like trying to make a. Uh, you're not sure if they're trying to just like protect their sources on it, or if they're really just like just BS and everything. You know, like that, they're, they're sort yeah, of that and, weird journalistic like like line you gotta ride. It is a very weird line, especially if like you know you don't see like team employees really talking that because they can't talk until it's like official, unless but, the coach like, tells them to. <laughs> That's true. Uh, like a you <laughs> or know, the team GM or somebody can't you know really comment on something like that. And they you know sometimes they'll know something happens before, but it's just it's funny when something like this happens. But man, on a scale of one to ten, how surprised were you? Man, I, I, I was. Where were you at when you got the notification? Okay, I was on. I was about to leave work today, and I like you're you at the, the first one that's saying they're in talks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I got the end of the say they've emerged as talks. I'm like, okay, this could have just started. And then I was like, well, maybe they're down the line on this. And then all of a sudden, these tr- these 
t- tweets just start coming in. Well, just like now they're doing this, now they're doing this, now it's this, and now it's done. You're like, oh my gosh, what just happened? And I'm on the way home, and my, you know, I'm driving home with my wife, and she, and I'm like, she, she's figured me out at this point. We've been married, all, you know, three and a half years at this point. She understands. She understands at some like this is trade season, yeah. and if a trade happens, like a major trade happens, she pretends to be interested, which I really appreciate, and she, and she understands that like I need probably. 20 minutes to just read Twitter constantly and to, to just like look at stuff and to make stupid memes and to just, you know, like do things like that because it, I, these are the things that like I have to process, which is such a weird thing to say, but it's, you know, I you love know, I it. All, this is, the, this is the, my, like one of my favorite parts of, of all of NBA is trades. Well, one, this is part of our job and also we true. Get, we get paid to cover the NBA. We host a daily podcast that talks about the Mavericks, but we talk about the league too. And we're going to be so, completely honest. Trying to find a Mavericks angle for this is very difficult, but we will. <laughs> um, but no, well, I mean, I think every podcast is going to talk over the next three or four days. It's going to be all about Blake Griffin and this trade. But um, yeah, I mean, it just came out of nowhere. I mean, when you just when you look at I mean, when you're thinking about the Clippers, it looked like. You know, Blake, it just looked like Blake was going to be there forever. Yeah. And how they pitched him, you know, the Zach Lowe article you showed me tonight at the game and how they made that pitch of uh, in, pretending. In the Ringer NBA show, they're reading excerpts from Lee Jenkins' recent piece of, from like November, where it was the exact same stuff. You know, it was, I think the title of the article was The, the Clippers Are All In on Blake Griffin. <laughs> it's like, and that was in yeah. November. And then now, you know, he's traded three months later, like less than three months later. Yeah, I mean it's just wild, and the NBA can turn on a dime, and that's what makes this league so awesome. And of all places, like it, it's just really funny because it's like Detroit—not really funny, but like from LA to Detroit, like Blake Griffin. Yeah, it's it's not like it's a contending team either. Like it's the ultimate. And it, I mean, from a business decision, it was a perfect decision going back to the summer for the Clippers. Yeah. Hey, before you lose your asset for nothing, convince him to say resign and then try and then flip him for the package they got. Like brilliant, but it just like PR wise, gosh, I mean it's brutal looking. Yeah, like after the game today, we were walking back to our cars and we were trying we were talking about the Mavericks tickets staff. Like you have a friend there that you talk to and they're like, "Man, my job is so hard right now, you know, with the team losing everything." Imagine if you're, you're like you're trying to sell. I mean, there's people that probably you make multiple calls. I've worked at a call center where you have to pitch people on on stuff and you make multiple calls to them and you try to call back and you try to, you know, pitch them on certain things and you write notes and you're like, "Okay, this person, you know, maybe they say that they really like Blake Griffin is one of their favorite players. You know, you put that in there and you say that's a big selling point for them and that was a big point of emphasis. And now you're calling those people back and you're like, all right, but still, <laughs> you know, like yeah. imagine how hard it makes that, like those people's jobs. But there, I think there is a master plan there for the Clippers. Uh, I like Tobias Harris. I mean, we've, you know, you've been. You like him more than I do. You, I've, I've liked him since he was in the Bucks. He's always just been one of those random guys that I'm like, I kind of like that guy. He had some couple a couple moments with the the Magic where he made game winning shots, and I'm like, that dude, that dude's a gamer. Like that dude, and him and Harrison Barnes are kind of like, I don't know, very Stop, sim- yeah. very they're very similar style players to me. Um, you know, we're talking about the 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 ticket side of of teams, and you know, our conversation we're talking about how when 
you know, this is just another angle of why I'm anti-tanking. I hate the tanking aspect because fans just don't think about that. Do, is fans supposed to care about the business side of, uh, of an organization? That's up to you. You know, most fans are just, hey, what's on the court? What are you doing for me now? I'm winning games and I want superstars and all this stuff. But the effect of tanking that has throughout the organization from different departments, from ticket sales and how hard their jobs get to, you know, keep people season ticket holders to renew to marketing to all these people like you know you want people to still read and follow your team and click on your things and watch your videos and but if your team sucks like you start losing fans and they're like jobs are so much more difficult and i know a lot of people is listening saying i don't give a crap about those people's jobs and that's cool that's what whatever not cool it's really not cool <laughs> but, <laughs> you should care about other people besides yourself. but that that plays <laughs> into why i'm anti-tanking too and that's we're not even ta- i'm anti-tanking for the basketball team part two but there's also an aspect to that when people do question why do team employees are so upset about losing like what well, it affects the job like you know so like Obviously, think about the Warriors right now. How good is their ticketing department right now? So easy. God, that's They're be, set that's max be saying, so let's easy. go. Like, let's take the callers. They got, you know, no, they they have waiting lists to get yeah, to like, get season tickets. That stuff's like insane. So like, it's just tanking has so much of implications that so many people don't even think about, and quite honestly, don't even care about thinking about. So, All right. So since you brought up tanking and since we talked about it, I want to just give my my like two minutes, my spiel. Okay. We're, we're no, no, no. this again. I just want to give my two minute spiel because I feel like every time I try to bring it up, you like stop me after one specific thing. All so, right, two minutes. Okay, give me give me my time. I'm gonna give you my this is my side of of the tanking thing. So I don't think that it's right for a team to tank. I don't think that it's necessarily right for like what the the, the Suns have done the last couple of, of years where they sit Eric Bledsoe for like the last half of the season. I think it is okay for a team to sort of bottom out and trade like the Sixers did, trade a lot of their guys for assets, trade them for younger assets, rebuild in that way. I don't think it's it's great for a team to bottom out completely like the Sixers did. I think they've definitely benefited from from a couple of those of those drafts and they went hardcore. Like no one's gone as hardcore as them. But I think that taking the rebuilding, kind of slowing it down, not necessarily trying to to start a rebuild, get a couple of young interesting pieces and then all of a sudden just like make this huge move like, you know, get a DeMarcus Cousins. And there's so many different DeMarcus Cousins, you know, reasons why I wouldn't want him on the team. Temperament, I think, is one of them. I don't think that would be great for this team, for like the best player on this team to be a guy that has had issues with coaches and other things before. And so I think a, a rebuild is good for a team. I think it's it's almost like a forest. A forest, like forest fires happen, and sometimes that's healthy for a forest to just start over and to rebuild everything from the ground because there's nutrients in that soil after it gets burnt down. And so I think that there is some, there's definitely some benefits in that. You get a stronger foundation, uh, but trying to lose games is not going to happen, and I wouldn't root for it to happen, but I think that there are things that, that the Mavericks can do to help themselves in the future more than helping themselves now. And I think that they should be doing those things that help them more for the future than now. Does sometimes when you say, I want to do something more for the future than now, does sometimes that look like it's tanking? Like if you you know trade Wes Matthews for a pick and you don't get a player back, <laughs> you know, yes. Like that is, looks like tanking, but it's not. It's rebuilding. It's different. Okay. No, I mean, 
everybody's gonna everyone's gonna rebuild at some point. That's for sure. It's just the except the freaking this, Spurs, man. The Spurs have not rebuilt anything. All all they've done is just taken the same house and they just taken different kinds of siding and put it on yeah, the house, and the house also, is still standing. They, but also, the Spurs had to make a decision too when the Admiral went down. Oh yeah, yeah. And no, they got their draft pick in Tim Duncan. Should they have considered trading the Admiral to find pieces to fit Tim Duncan's timeline? That was a very special situation where I you, know, but it, like that's a, that's a, that's a conversation that you have, like. And there's just no guarantees. Bobby Corrala had no. a perfect tweet yesterday, and he was saying he he looked at the twi- uh, the All Star teams, and it's like two players on Steph Curry's All Star team is like was drafted in top like three. Everybody else is outside like the top five, which is insane. Yeah, well, and, we've talked about that. We we talked about how many players you know around the draft. We talked about how many players you can get in the teens and the you know the yeah, but like tens. so you bring up Philly. So let's say let's say Joel Embiid tears his ACL next year. Don't say is that. It, that makes me sad. Is it worth it though? Like that's the thing. Like it's they still got like Simmons. They, it's they still worth it. They haven't even made the playoffs. So like all those years of losing in embarrassing like losses, like just seasons that are just stupid. All those years, there's still not a guarantee at the end. That's the thing with tanking is even if you had a guarantee that there is a could you like even if you knew a LeBron James would come to you every ten years, would you tank the eight years to to get it? That, well, it, see, it, the, when you say tanking, it makes you think like you're trying to lose games. But yes, well, because that I'm we're not talking about like tanking is it's a whole different conversation when it comes to like trading off some like Wes Matthews for a future asset. That's different. We're talking about actually tanking, actually. Like Rick Carlisle going out there and saying, Wes Matthews, go miss this show. Fans are wanting the the team to lose basketball games for a high draft pick. That's the stuff that I can I can never be for. I just can't. Like, what if we what if we threw everything in last year and it was like miserably worse than thirty three wins? We get the number one pick and we get Markel Fultz and it looks like an absolute disaster. Or like what if we got like the fourth pick and we and like, what if we got the fourth pick, the Mavericks did, and they reached for Zach Collins? Would last year have been worth it? I think like, the franchise should just tear it all down at that point. The buildings, they should tear down the offices. They should just start I know, over but at like, that point. That, that's, the, that's the type of stuff. It's never a guarantee, so that's why I'll never be in favor of tanking. Never. Ever. Yeah, and I'm not, you know, I'm not in favor of tanking either. I think a rebuild is good, but... And that's why... I like... Yeah. I mean, there's just there's a lot to unpack with what rebuild actually means. Does rebuild mean losing games so you can get the high draft picks? That's part of the rebuild. It can be, but it doesn't. It it, 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 it like losing games is going to be part of it. But you're, I mean, the the organic tanking thing with the <laughs> you can put. Don't use that term. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> and also, that guy did not come up with this. <laughs> Taman and I mentioned organic tanking on Mavs Fanatic podcast way before he did last last season. We talked about tanking all the time. And if you listen to us on on Fanatic last year, my dog is wants to go outside. If we if you listen, I thought to, that was your wife. If you stop it, stop it. If you listen to me and, and Taman on Fanatic last year, he was all one hundred percent in on tanking, and I was the one that had to kind of talk him down from from the ledge there because. Because he was like so one hundred percent for tanking. Yeah, yeah, and that's a, it's the and 
I know people get really upset. There's another dude that like tweeted at us today, I think, and was like, I don't understand why it's so difficult. Like, why can't I be both? Like, I go to, you know, it, you can be both. It's fine. I, I just don't think it's like, I think it's a marriage. I think it's like, it's like you marry your wife and then on her bad days, you're saying, you know what? Nah, you're having a bad day. And I think I'm just going to have another wife for a day because you're having a bad day. You don't, I don't think you get to pick that. I don't think you get to pick and choose. Like if you marry your wife, if you like, then you're, you're going to go through the ups and downs. You're going to have the bad days and the good days. And that's part of it. Like, if you are riding the middle line saying, oh, I can do both, I can be rooting for a win, but if they lose, I can be just as happy, you don't have any ups and downs. You're just constantly – like that's a cop-out to me. That's a that's a wishy-washy fan to me. I can't I can't deal with that. I, I, a true fan is going to be heartbroken over their team losing. That's my thing. I'm, I want to share that. Like, I'm going to be upset. When Carolina lost lost in the, in the national championship on the last second shot, you know how heartbroken I was? Like, that – I mean, that, like, wrecked me for, like, three days because I'm emotionally invested in that team. So, like, yeah, just – I mean, it's my opinion. Of course, somebody can disagree with that. I don't give a crap you disagree with it or not. But I just think – I think you have to pick two sides. But Yeah, I think you can kind of – you can be in the middle a little bit on that. I think that that fans, you don't have to be one hundred percent for like, think that the team should try, you know, should be making the playoffs, and if they don't, you're going to be devastated every year. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm not just, talking about devastated. Every, I'm talking about a loss, a regular season loss, like tonight. If you are not remotely upset that you're you're cheering, saying yes, they lost. No, I don't think you can be both. And I think it's mostly just people being like, ah, oh, that's fine. You know, at least it's helping us get a better draft pick. But when we win, how much of Twitter is, why are we winning for? Not I much. Don't I don't think it, I don't think it's that much. I, th- I think who you're talking to is a, is a very small, small piece of the, of the fan base. Mm-hmm. The majority of the fan base doesn't listen to us and they just go to games because it's a fun thing to do. So <laughs> that's not true. We have a, a very large following. Well, but if they sell out every single game and stop. the people we're talking to. <laughs> All right. Yeah, wait. Let's talk about the Clippers thing real quick. Okay. We think there's a long-term play with the Clippers, and we talked about the game. It sets up the perfect situation for LeBron and how if the Clippers, <clears throat> they make this room, they move Blake. If they move DeAndre, then – and. If they move DeAndre before the deadline and not bring back a, a big time salary, you know, player, uh, then it, it's going to set the stage for next summer. And man, like, what a storyline! Because if LeBron's going through this crap in Cleveland and he's really going to leave, and you're looking at LA, and yeah, yeah, like the Lakers, the Lakers have to do a lot more crap to make that room. But yeah, they have the young pieces. But if the Clippers can clean slate, then they can say, hey, listen. We've never even had a Kobe or anybody in our franchise history. We're in L.A. Come do your thing. Like, LeBron's all about himself. We know that. He congratulated <laughs> himself on Instagram. So, like, it's a clean It was his young self, okay? It wasn't just him. He was, I'd like it to was congratulate an, you, bro. It was an introspective moment in the face of the league's life. Okay. Yeah, that's so dang weird. But anyway... <laughs> But like with the Clippers thing, they can like if I'm LeBron, I'm looking at that like a challenge. Man, I could go there, set all these franchise like cornerstone records of 
taking them deep into the playoffs, trying to win a title in L.A. where you want to live. And you got an owner in Steve Ballmer that's, you know, seems like an awesome, I'll spend anything. And if they if they can clean the slates, with the exception of Gallinari, then they can, like, form their own dang team he wants. The heck, they'll fire Doc in a heartbeat for Fizdale if they want. West is running the show. Like, he has all this planned out. Like, it's wild to me. I think there's definitely a long-term plan. Yeah, people keep saying, oh, Paul George is going to go to L.A. Well, <laughs> I think it's bigger than Paul George. You know, well, they they say like the 100% thing is Paul George wants to be in L.A. Well, <laughs> here you go. Here's a second okay. option for you, buddy. How fun, How how scared is Magic in them right now? Uh, I don't know if they're that scared. They're pretty confident in their yeah. plan. But. When they saw this news, bro, they didn't. They're not like crap. They're not remotely scared of Jerry West. Oh, they're definitely scared of Jerry West, which is why I think they didn't hire him. Hmm. Okay, it's definitely something to watch. Pistons perspective, I know everyone's saying that the Clippers fleeced the Pistons and. They got a really good package for Blake Griffin. He's going to be making $39 million in four years. Like, that's insanity. But I will say this. I'm all for a team like Detroit swinging for it, man. They got a brand-new arena. They need to fill their seats. They're mediocre. Swing for it. Like, okay, you're going to pay Blake Griffin? Like, if I'm Detroit, like, I, I don't know. I just think it's worth it. Like, take the shot. Yeah, you, you got you to gotta take a shot if you're a team like that. I don't know if this is the right shot, <laughs> you know, but – you only can get a player like this, you know, franchise level player like this every once in a while and when they come along, you got to at least try for it. And 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 you never know. This might this could be like if I'm Blake Griffin, I'm as motivated as ever. You Did you say him. motivated? Uh ha, ha, Motor City. Woo. Uh no, I mean, this pisses me off if I'm Blake Griffin. And yeah, not only oh, that, definitely. Like, you oh, you, I'd be so mad. I'd be like, you don't have the LA nightlife. Like, you just spend every bit of your time to, like, I'm going to destroy and I'm going to be like, next, I want to lead this team to the playoffs and whatever we do. Like, and we both think that the Pistons, I think we both do. We think the Pistons are not done. They, we no, think that not, they'll, yeah. they'll do another deal before the deadline and hopefully get another shooter in there. But yeah, I mean, hey. How fun would it be if they creep in as a seventh or eighth seed, and if you have like a healthy Reggie Jackson, Blake, D- Andre Drummond, whatever else they get in the dr- trade deadline? Like, I don't know, it'll be, it'll be fun at least. Hey, I'm just happy another star is in the in the East. That's all I'm happy yeah, about. Yeah, right. He finally transferred somebody over there. Blake, Heck, now if that happened before the season, he'd probably be an All Star. Yeah, Blake has a shot to be an All Star again. Yeah. The uh, a lot of people are saying that Blake Griffin is not going to age well. Because he's always so reliant on athleticism and all this. Blake Griffin has like pretty quietly become a guy that is not a hundred percent relying on his athleticism. He's gotten his little jump shot now, and he's gone out to the three point line. He's shooting like what thirty five percent from three. Yeah, which is like he's shooting better from three now. Like he's added that to his game over the past year or two. Which which is you know people kind of laughed at him at the time, but it's kind of what you got to do. He's also been always been a really really good passer, and that's going to last. You know that's that's a skill that's going to keep gonna stay there uh you know i'm not really sure about his post game at this point and it's kind of been more relying on post game ever yeah (laughs) ever but 
get a guy like that. I mean, he adds those two elements of his game. I think those will, those will last a little bit. So I don't, I don't think this is going to be like a Joakim Noah type thing, <laughs> you know, where, I don't know. where no, we get I to the think... end of the contract and it's going to be a huge number. And you're like, Oh, this guy can't even play. You know, I think he'll still definitely be able to, to do that. Uh, whether he's going <laughs> to play $40 million worth at the end. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think it'll be like an inflated Evan Turner, <laughs> you know, like interesting, like inflated in the fact that he's bigger. <laughs> <laughs> no, like Evan Turner's on this massive contract right now, and he's just like a bench player, just like not a not a ton, like not like super great. I mean, I, I think like Blake making thirty nine million at that age. I mean, probably still starting, but not like a super big game changer, maybe. So, what does this mean for the Mavericks? Since this is what we got to do. <laughs> I, here's my only Mavericks angle. Avery Bradley, I would assume, might be off the board now, so it might increase the Weston Matthews trade possibility. That's a good point. If the Clippers want to keep Avery Bradley, um, I mean, when you look at the defensive-minded wings or defensive-minded two guards, uh, Wesley Matthews, Avery Bradley's probably in the top five or six of them in the league. So if the Clippers are like, hey, we want to keep Bradley – and he's an expiring contract. We could bring him back next year. They don't put him on the market, then Weston Matthews becomes, you know, a target for some teams. So never know. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of that's kind of the only thing there. It takes Blake Griffin out of the <laughs> takes Blake Griffin out of the West. You play him less times, I guess, is a, a thing that you could point there. Uh, I don't think it affects them in the standings at all. I, I think that the Clippers will kind of stick around five hundred. Uh, maybe they'll, maybe they'll get a little worse, but they've played a lot without Blake Griffin so far this year. So I don't think been, we can judge anything until this deadline's over for the Clippers. Yeah, because they're they probably got another move too. They shed DeAndre. Um, you know that DeAndre move is going to change. It's going to it's going to signal so much if they trade DeAndre and don't bring back money that goes eats in their cap. Yeah. then you know that's their their big play, and they know something that other people don't or didn't. Um. But if they trade DeAndre for somebody like Hassan Whiteside or something like that, like then that's not really their play, you know. They just don't want to have DeAndre around anymore. <laughs> the other Mavericks angle, and I'll end on this: Mark Cuban got his revenge. <laughs> so funny, bro! Everybody in that house that night is on different teams. Pierce is on Team ESPN. Redick is on the Sixers. Chris Paul's on the Rockets. Ironically. And two of them chose Blake's on the Pistons. Chris Paul and, and JJ. I mean, Blake Griffin, he didn't choose to leave, but who else still. is on? Who else was on that team that was in there that night? I thought it was just like them. Pierce. Yeah. Austin Rivers. <laughs> Austin Rivers probably. He's still sticking around. Whenever we end the pod, I'm gonna leave you on a nugget. So. All right, we're we're ending right now. Give me the nugget. We didn't say anything about this game, Nick. Nope, that's fine. We'll talk about it tomorrow. We'll talk about the game tomorrow. The the other news that came out this morning. This was a good game about, to not talk about. We we like Isaac and I. Honestly, I barely watched this game. I was there, and it was hard for me to not like read, start reading stuff. And well, Dennis, Dennis had a great play that should be in the top ten. He had a couple the, great plays, definitely. The Josh Richardson, hey, where are you going? I'm gonna cross you between my legs and then throw it down a two handed dunk. Like really high. Really that gives high. You a, that gives you a glimpse of how great he could be. Yeah. Um so I'll leave you at this. 
there was news this morning came out about a disgruntled person in New York. Joakim Noah. His crazy contract. Oh, yeah. What would it be worth? Oh, my gosh. I got a deal for you. Good Lord. This deal, this deal, like, all right, just give it to me. Joakim Noah, Doug McDermott, Willie Hernan Gomez, and their 2018 unprotected pick for Wes Matthews and Dwight Powell. <laughs> Take Dwight Powell, too. Uh, there's no way the Mavericks do that. Why? Let me say this. You're paying. Because you're... they actually look at Dwight Powell as an asset. I agree. I agree. We don't, but. But here's the thing. You would be paying. What would it be worth to pay Noah that price one more year than Wes? It kind of goes into the Luol Dang thing. What would it be you know, worth to pay one more year of Dang over Matthews? So you'd be paying one more year of Noah at $17 million, but you would also get McDermott, Hernan Gomez, and their 2018 unprotected first, which will probably be 15 to 19. Would it be worth paying him an extra set, an extra year longer than Wes? No. For those I don't, three I don't think so. I don't think that's a good enough pick. Okay. I'm not saying I would do it. I'm just saying I think it's at least common because you would also clear the cap. You would also clear about um, ten million in cap next in this summer also by trading Dwight with Wes. This is true. So you'd be clearing up ten million in cap, paying Noah. Set one more year longer than West and think, gaining McDermott, Hernan Gomez in the 2018 first. Do you think if that happened, the Mavericks would try to frame it like they uh, like the Bogut signing, where they're like, "This is a guy coming in. He's got experience, and he he's a really no. really good passer." And <laughs> I think they would treat it like McDerm- uh, like uh, McRoberts, yeah, and just coming in, just like rehabbing all that stuff, and then you take your chances. I mean, it kind of depends on how you view McDermott and Hernan Gomez, and. That could they be pieces moving forward, and then a pick in the fifteen, the nineteen range. If you're New York, then it helps you make the playoffs. That Porzingis is being very, very open about. He does not want to miss the playoffs this year. He wants to make a move at the deadline to make the playoffs. So let's just wait around for when Porzingis is available. How about that? Let's just do that. I'm all I'm all down for that. Man, that would be so great. I like KP, but. Dennis, anyway. Dennis Porzingis, Marvin Bagley. Stop it! Now you're making fans just drool over here. I was I was reading some uh, cleaning the glass. They do, they've been doing some draft stuff, which I really like, and they did a thing on Bagley today. And I was like, man, look at that guy. Oh wait, I thought I overhyped Bagley. No, I have him three on my board. Oh, I thought Cole went at me on this. No, he has him like seven. I don't know what's up with them. They're like they are way too low on him. No, I told that. him that. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you guys doing? <laughs> I will. I will admit that I think Aiden has moved to one for me. Wow, that's huge. Bagley two, Doncic three. But yeah, that's still the top three. I normally don't like putting the center first, but I think I really think Aiden could be like something we haven't seen in like ten years. Yeah. And hopefully that you, what you're talking about is not Greg Oden. All right, guys, thank you so no, much. Greg Oden with a shot. <laughs> and and better knees, not shot knees. And better and better kneecaps. Thank you so much for listening to Lockdown Mavericks. Uh if you were hoping we were going to talk about the Heat game, uh we mentioned it. So the Mavericks the- <laughs> who, who wants to talk about that game? No, nobody does. Guys, thank you so much for listening. 
Peace out. Boom. R.I.P. Lob City. <laughs>